and welcome to Dunk Town, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. He's a comedian and writer from Jesus and Marrow and host of the podcast Make My Day. It's Josh Gondelman. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank it's you for coming on. Oh, happy to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, thank you. I um I was up a little late last night um eating dominoes. So I'm oh. and like so I'm I'm surprised at how well my body has responded. I, I <laughs> I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> I love that. I'm a big dominoes head. Yeah. We it's love I it. <laughs> live in New York City where people are like, why would you ever go to Domino's? And you're like, well, because sometimes it's one in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> It's uh, it's reliable and it's yeah. consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also like I'll tell you what there isn't at Domino's like a line for people who read on some list that it's the best place you have to go <laughs> in New York City. So Right. Exactly. Um, and it's yeah. not like yeah, you, you're not going to get like a $30 pizza at Domino's. Like yeah. if you want a $30 pizza, that's a whole other thing. Right. You right. know. Lots well, of great options. Someone recently, maybe it was Maya Kosov, wrote about the, her like ser- constant search for mid-tier pizza in New mm. York because there's always like a high-end like Roberta's yes. or John's and um, and that's like, and that's abundant and, and it's really great. And then there's like, you can always find a, a, a Papa John's or a, um, a Domino's if you want. But that mid-tier mm-hmm. like, oh, the best – little pizza place that like you would never recommend anyone go to if they were like, Oh, you've got to have this regular pizza while you're in town. <laughs> um, but it is so important to, to the experience of just like, you need a, you need a place just to get regular pizza. For and sure. so I, but my regular pizza place closes at like 10. Mm. So if I'm coming home from a stand up show and I'm like, you know, I'd really just like to, to punish my body uh, <laughs> because I'm an ingrate and I, I don't appreciate all it does for me every day. Uh, I just want to shove some pizza in it late at night. Domino's is the the best option for me at that hour. Nice. It sounds like you do appreciate what your body's doing for you by thank giving you. it Domino's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're are you um, getting back on stages and you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, I was kind of planning to dip my toes a little bit uh, and like you know, branch out a little bit at a time, not seek too much stuff out, just take what comes to me at first. And then I got asked to do uh, a recording for an hour stand-up special in June. And so I, instead of like, oh, I'll ease back in and kind of remember how to do it little by little, I was like, well, I guess I have to know how to do an hour and remember how all my jokes go and (laughs) and be ready for that so I like dove way in for like Mm -hmm. a month and now I'm kind of going back to the the um program of like picking my spots a little bit more which is which is both were nice it was it was like nice to rip the band-aid off yeah yeah were you doing any like covid like zoom shows or and stuff i like, did a bunch quarantine? of zoom okay. and i did one i only really did one outdoor show i know and i know that was pretty safe but like my wife has diabetes and was like worried about um being immunosuppressed and so mm-hmm. i was like you know i i'm lucky enough that i have a, a day job that i can do from home mm-hmm. and so i didn't want to like press my luck running around for, you know, like seeking out stand-up gigs during during right. the totally. kind of heavier parts of the pandemic. So I was like doing Zoom stuff, which has kind of a different rhythm, but at least I knew the words to some of the jokes, but I was very out of practice. Uh, <laughs> it was truly like um, starting the joke and being like, well, I just trust that the end of it will be here <laughs> in my brain when it's time to say those words. Um, how was the like writer's room experience uh, during the pandemic and working from home and everything? We're still a little bit from home at yeah. Jesus and Marrow. Uh, it was, you know, I miss getting to see all the people that I love that I work with in person. And I think it's really fun. And especially for the tapings of the show, it's so fun to be in the room, mm-hmm. which we're doing now. We're back in the studio. Oh, nice. Um, Amazing. Yeah. About two, three weeks ago, we did our first show back in the studio. But like, we're still from home two to three days a week. And we're only really in the studio and the offices, or at least I am. My, my 
department comes in on days where we shoot and edit the show in person um, because we can turn it around much faster than we could like shooting over Zoom, uh, transferring Mm -hmm. all the files and uh, you know what I mean? Like transferring them back to where they broadcast from. I know this is kind of what you come to me for is like just like in-depth conversation about like (laughs) – Dropbox and you send it and whatever. That's that's what I'm here for. I mean, for. we're curious. We're yeah. curious about that product because uh, yeah, a lot of writers' rooms went digital. Yeah, obviously, and like had to adapt. And it seems mm-hmm. like it's it's like probably a different dynamic, right? right. I mean, just you know, it yeah, for sure and, is. Yeah, and then now things are like forever changed because yeah. they can't just force you to come back. <laughs> like Which I do the think old days. In a lot of ways, I do think it is nice to have shown people and in an industry where like a lot of stuff gets done because like, oh, well, that's how we do it. Um, it's really nice to have shown like for issues of accessibility and issues mm-hmm. of like hiring from a, a like a more diverse um spectrum of like backgrounds and, and locations mm-hmm. that hopefully like will um, the industry will take a little bit from this last year, you know, as, as, as difficult and trying and, and sad as the, the events last year were or a year and a half that like, maybe we can go, Oh, you know what? Like if the person we like lives in Atlanta or Denver or Phoenix or Toronto, we don't, we, maybe we can be a little more adaptive mm-hmm. rather than like come to New York or and Los Angeles and uproot your family right, right. Uh, for a short term gig or else you will never work in this industry. Like <laughs> to me, it seems like there, there are allowances that can be made and we kind of like figured out like, Oh yeah, we can do that because that's what we had to do to keep the shows on the air so that anyone could make any money and, yeah. right, and pay yeah, rent and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like Pandora's box has been opened. They yes. can't go back to being like, well, no, it doesn't yeah, work. It, but how it would it ever work. work? And it's like, well, the yeah. software is all there and like we've all become <laughs> experts in using it from our own homes right, for right. a year. Yeah, it's, you're it's right. It's been nice for for you know us, and maybe you've experienced this with your podcast, where it's like now we can you know talk to you even though you're in New York. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're all set. Like you're set up to mm-hmm. and like people who otherwise didn't really have home studios now they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so we can just get guests you know from all over the place and not just the LA pool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I love that I that aspect of people kind of learning a new flexibility. And again, I like hate to sound like I'm like the silver lining of the pandemic because like they're really, it's like, well, too many people died for me to be like, but on the bright side. (laughs) Um, But I do think that like amidst how hard and bad things were, the kind of the way that people learn to adapt, hopefully again, we can hold on to in a way that is like beneficial in the long term. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I started my podcast during, the pandemic. We were going to oh, launch it like a couple of weeks before. Mm-hmm. And then I had to put off the first recording by a week. And then in that time, excuse me, it became impossible to go to a studio. So like we, I've been remote the whole time and, and it like, it works great. I think a lot of, I mean, the tech is good enough now. Like I think within the last probably whatever, five years, it's gotten good and like largely affordable enough that and easy enough that you can just like use zoom and and zencast or squadcast or whatever like whatever yeah. applications people mm-hmm. use to to record these things um and i don't think you know i i like to be in a room with somebody yeah but like what is more important than like whatever like three percent intimacy you gain being in a room is the fact that like i can schedule this on people's terms you know like if i want to have a friend mm -hmm. in la on my show or i want i want to do this i can just like walk into the office in my apartment and record it without having to wait until like (laughs) oh yeah i guess i'll do it when i'm in town um you know what i mean yeah that kind of stuff like we don't have to be um beholden to those kind of scheduling uh, for sure yeah and and gabe had Gabe had moved to, so we were all in LA and then Gabe moved to Denver and that was before the pandemic even happened. So Mm -hmm. we had, we had had to figure out like the logistics of all of that ahead of time. So we were good to go once, once it was like, well, I guess we're just doing this for however long. Yeah. Uh, But there is, there is something fun and magical about like all being in the same room together. Yeah. That I'm looking forward to getting back to that soon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, awesome. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about your basketball history because uh, we've seen you like post about the NBA. Mm-hmm. You're clearly a fan. So we, um, like, wh- when did that start? And like, can you just kind of talk through your whole journey? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a basketball fan, not maybe as long as I can remember, but definitely since I was a child. Like I remember So I'm 36. I was born in 85. And I think my consciousness, and I'm from the Boston area. So like the first thing I knew about in terms of basketball was the existence of Larry Bird. (laughs) But I caught on, I was slightly too young to have witnessed his heyday as a player. So like Mm -hmm. by the time I was like a a Boston Celtics fan, he was playing in like a, a... you know, a back brace or whatever, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I missed out on that. And that's kind of like my first memory of like going to the Boston garden, the old, the old garden, um, before the, the fleet center and the TD bank, Boston garden. banking. (laughs) Um, but, and being like, Oh, are we going to see Larry bird? And my dad being like, no, that's the past. (laughs) (laughs) That's over now. Yeah. He mowed his mom's lawn too many times. Mm -hmm. And now he won't play. (laughs) Yeah, too many. He partied too hard after all those championships and he threw out his back. And uh, so uh, that was kind of like the genesis of it. I remember that. And I don't know like specifically why the aesthetics of basketball, because I'm a pretty big, like for a person who's like uh, kind of a uh, not super coordinated dork um, (laughs) with bad vision, I'm a pretty big new england sports guy uh fan but like definitely the celtics and the nba is like where my like big rooting interest is and like embarrassingly i have not adopted a a a rooting interest in a wnba team and like the last two summers i keep being like i've got to do it and the i think the liberty plays at the barclays center now which is like very close and accessible to like where I live in Brooklyn. So like, I'm I'm still deciding whether it's going to be the Liberty or whether I'm going to go with the, the um, Connecticut team that's like closer to where I grew up. But Mm. I think it it would be nice. I think it will be nice to have one New York city team. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think it's going to be the Liberty. Mm, They're both great teams. So you kind of like the Liberty has a young squad that is going to, you know, pop off in a couple of years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, also great jerseys with the, yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Really good. Their yeah. branding is great. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so and the sun is just, they're amazing. They're That's very a good fun team, team to yeah. follow for sure. Were we they, can, were we can they help the you f- make a decision right you. now. No, this is very helpful. <laughs> we'll a- I think, I think <laughs> it's going to be the Liberty specific. I mean, like I have no specific allegiance to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, so it, it feels like this is my opportunity, right? Because like as a, you know, growing up, Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins, it feels like ridiculous. I, I don't know. I always, especially in entertainment, I get so resentful of seeing someone who like moves, who's like notably from, Boston, and then you see them at like a Yankee game in a Yankee hat, and I'm just like, there's nothing sacred. Like I don't, I get it gets my like New England blood boiling in a way that I don't like about myself, but is absolutely present within me. And so, uh, it feels like the idea of being like, oh, I'm gonna adopt the Mets as well. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like, well, not after 1986, I can't do that. Are you kidding me, guy? And so. Um, so like this feels good because I've been, I've been in New York city for a decade at this point. And, wow. and so it is nice to have like, uh, an allegiance that feels like, oh, this is also a, a, a home to me. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it feels weird. Like after 10 years, even if I'm not like a friggin' New Yorker, um, <laughs> like after 10 years, it is like a hometown in a way that it isn't after th- three years, obviously right, like right. I have roots and friends and like mm. neighborhood preferences. And I've I, I, like my career is so much more here than it is in where where I'm from now. So it definitely like, yeah. So, so let's call it, we're going to call it officially. I'm as of today, this is, this is, I'm going to put the alerts on my ESPN app. And I'm going to, yeah. The newest New York Liberty fan. The newest New York Liberty fan born now. (laughs) I love that. Um, Well, we're, we're probably the kind of fans that would make you angry because we, we pick up teams wherever we live and we're like, we're just rooting for them all. Yeah, we that's want nice. everyone to no, have fun. That's, I think it's specifically, <laughs> specifically 
uh, that it's Boston, New York. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. It's like yeah. I don't I don't begrudge people. I, I I'm always very charmed when people move um, to a place and are like incredibly loyal to their hometown team. But I'm also like, you know, if you come from a place where you didn't have a specific rooting interest and you move to LA or you move to Atlanta or you move to Dallas and you like pick up the local teams because you're like, well, this is the culture of where I am. That's yeah. a, that's like a special thing. And I, it's fun I to wanna, be part of it. Yeah. I, it's fun to be part of it. And like, it's no fun if you're like in Dallas and you're not like against the, Mavericks or whatever Dallas football club mm-hmm. yeah. um, or the, or the Cowboys to like hate it and just be on the outskirts of everything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be like, yeah. Oh, the, the, who are they playing a team that I don't care about? Well, I want them to lose yeah. and I don't <laughs> care if the other team wins. But I think like with the, with being from Boston, uh, it just is like such a thing that I grew up with. A- yeah. And yeah. yeah, but it absolutely does not go the other way. And I understand that. <laughs> I, it does feel like Boston, you know, the whole city or maybe all of New England kind of like took an oath at some point and you really can't go back on it. Like I, I know people who <laughs> were, who were born in Boston but left when they were five, mm-hmm. but their parents would disown them if they weren't a Celtics fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, and, so intense. I, I kind of like that. Like, (laughs) I think that it's nice to, like, I I don't, again, don't begrudge anyone who is like, gosh, I love watching just basketball played at the highest level. And it's such a joy to watch Kevin Durant score 49 points in an Uh Eastern Conference, or not Eastern Conference finals, because it was a... The semifinals, semifinals, right? Yeah, Yeah, because it was the Hawks box. But in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and like what a what a virtuoso performance. And and I just root for like that. It's truly the love of the game. Mm -hmm. Um and and I and and so I don't want to like be like if fans who are like that aren't real fans, because I think that there's like a beautiful purity to that. But on the other hand, I do kind of like generational, irrational um blood feuds in sports <laughs> because it feels like there's so much that is so like global and, and so much that that is that like so many people are so mobile now and mm-hmm. and like aesthetic preferences and artistic preferences kind of transcend regional stuff a lot of the time and i do think sports like in a way that like this is you know there sports gives you that thing to be like this is tradition like it's like um you know i light hanukkah candles mm-hmm. and i love the celtics and those are things that i got from like who i am and where i'm from mm-hmm. and that i'm not going to stop doing them because <laughs> because i moved you know right. what i mean yeah. that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah um how are you feeling about the current season and the current finals I wish that the finals had been a little bit more competitive so far. It feels like Phoenix is in pretty in control. Mm-hmm. And again, not a not a specific rooting interest in Milwaukee. Um except for okay, so this is again. I and and I'm sorry if 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 you're like nobody gives a shit that you're about New England stuff, but like Chris <laughs> Middleton just like obliterates the Celtics every time he plays them and mm-hmm. I just want him to play at that level every game so yeah. it doesn't feel as personal to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so um and there's no specific like but and, and i obviously like it's fun to watch Giannis antetokounmpo dunk yeah. from 30 feet away in two steps it's just awesome yeah. but i i more just wish it were like a, a more competitive series so far mm-hmm. i'm not counting them out Overall, but it definitely has not felt like nail biters in either game. Mm, yeah, I do yeah. think I'm, you know, I'm holding out that they'll win their home games. You know, I like the so. Bucks will because they they are kind of an inconsistent team, mm-hmm. but they do so much better at home. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I would, and no one wants to see a sweep in the no, finals. That's no. just boring. No, it's yeah. no fun. And nobody, even that, like they call it the gentleman's sweep, right? Is like yes. you win one of the home, your first home game, and then you lose the second home game, and then you go back on the road and, and yeah. lose on the road. I, I would love it to be competitive. Like I, yeah. I would love it to go at least six. I just yes. think that that's like so much more fun, obviously. And yeah, and um, you know, one thing that has really jumped out at me is like 
how loud the crowd was in Phoenix for game yeah. one. I it was, was there. I, no that way. was all my doing. <laughs> yeah, That's she so was cool. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'm I'm from Arizona mm-hmm. and um my sister's a season ticket holder. So as soon as they won the Western Conference Finals, she texted me and was like, Hey, uh tickets just went on sale. Should I get some? And I just so happened to be already going to Phoenix to visit my family. Oh, that's perfect. And so she, we went to game one and it is, look, I'm kind of old. It is kind of too loud. In <laughs> <laughs> I was it like was, my little ears. Oh, no. It was one of the first games and I get that it's the finals, but it was one of the first games we're watching on TV. I was like, wow, it is loud. Yeah. Like the the crowd is in it that, that I've seen in this playoffs and you know there have been others i don't want i don't want to like upset the good people of of philadelphia and <laughs> and los angeles we're gonna like, get so many one, emails <laughs> it was like it was that kind of loud where too where it was like not even on an important play mm-hmm. where it was just like wire to wire people were yeah. like ah! <laughs> and it was, it's like consistent even in the arena where um you should I should be wearing those like baby headphones. I should wear baby yeah. headphones. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was interesting because I've been to lots of Suns games in the past. And there's definitely been years where no one's there or mm-hmm. it's more the away team fans. You know, right. obviously when Lakers play, it's sure. like usually packed with Laker fans and there were some people saying like, oh, all of these fair weather fans or whatever. But I'm like, no, this is rad. Like, yeah, these people, the excitement they're feeling now, that's not going to go away. They're going to stick. Like, I became a, a fan of the Suns during the Steve Nash, Amari, Amari mm-hmm. Sotomayor era. Sure. Because it was so exciting to be there. And I stuck with it. So these yes. people are now going to stick with it. And especially if they win. Yeah. 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 And but there was, again, I'm old, but there was people in front of me who would not sit down. They stood the entire game. That's a little That's much. Rough. Yeah. And it's a little I much. was complaining because there is actually, you can buy a ticket that's standing room at yeah. the Phoenix Arena. So why did you pay for these nice seats? <laughs> right. 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 I That's, do think sta- yeah. standing the whole time, even in the finals, is like a little much. It's, we, it's yeah. like, yeah. I, I don't mind like, you know, like hollering and getting into it on every play. Yeah. But the standing, because yeah. then it's like, not only is it, you know, if it's loud, it's loud. And you're not going to like create a loudness throughout the arena. Right. But it is absolutely, you're creating, when you stand, you're creating a ripple effect, effect because, it, because it is now incumbent upon the person behind you yeah. to yeah. either not see or stand. And then it screws over the people behind them. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole thing. I, yeah, I think we yeah. saw um, Vin Diesel standing. <laughs> we went to a Clippers game and he was standing in the aisle and the the like people behind him were just screaming at him like dude it's like it's so funny <laughs> it was really the game's funny. happening you need to the, not there's be- a basketball game yeah. happening dude He's I was just like, That's like, Vin. yeah don't yell at Vin, Vin Diesel this is not very family of you <laughs> 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 um, no, that's awesome. I I think your point is really is really well taken though too about um, fairweather fans and because it, it's like the team. No offense, but they were bad for like yeah. ten years in a row. You're yeah. not accruing that many new fans when mm-hmm. that happens, and it's not like a fairweather thing for people to be like, oh, I guess basketball isn't like what I'm the most into right now, right. especially as like a kid. Yeah, when, and, yeah. And, when, and when you want to like you know, you're aware of like what's good and exciting and, and it's hard to like latch on to a team. It's much less likely to latch on to a team that's just like kind of struggling and going through that period of not being great. But like agreed when, when the, those Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, uh, Sean Marion teams yeah. in the, in the like mid to late aughts, right? When the, I mean, those teams were so exciting. I remember where I was watching those series, like the Spurs series. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember it, it being in college and like watching at, at the uh at my downstairs neighbor's apartment, like just like very exciting and galvanizing. And and it's like not surprising that like that's an era of basketball where you're like, yeah, I'm in on this team. And they just haven't had that since then, right? Until yeah. now. 
Right. Yeah. It's yeah. been that long pretty much. Mm-hmm. And there's now, you know, people who are going to like kids and stuff who are feeling that now and then they're just going to like take them that with them mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was the same thing for me. Like I was, I started watching the Mavs when I was in Dallas and it was the, the season that they won. So obviously very exciting, very fun time to be a fan, yeah. to become a fan of a team, like right when they win. And like, now look at me, I do a podcast about basketball. <laughs> yeah, That's <exactly>. awesome. <laughs> I mean, no, there, was a, rules. there was a long period where I wasn't really paying attention. And then we once we started doing the show, like we got way more into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that was the spark. Yeah, exactly. And and so you have so you you were saying earlier um, that you like pick up allegiances in the places mm-hmm. that you live. So do you and, and excuse me for for being out of out of the loop and, and no, a, a, bad, a bad guess. But like, what are your Los Angeles allegiances? The Clippers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, we, cool. we, even before I moved here, Agata already lived here and I would come visit and we would, we went to a couple Clippers games because they were cheap and easy yeah. to go to. And also it was Lob City time. So that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a fun time as well. Mm-hmm. That was um, a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the last couple, like before Kauai, I would say was like, that was like the peak of <laughs> going to Clippers games just because sure. there was no, pressure and no <laughs> expectations and it was just fun to watch and be there mm-hmm. um, and then I think once Kawhi came and like the perception of the Clippers changed throughout the whole like fandom of the NBA I feel like um, so things have definitely changed I mean we still have a good time we went to game six of the Clippers Suns oh, cool. series yeah. and that was just that was when, when we saw Vin Diesel <laughs> so that was like the main <laughs> highlight but also like we it was a fun game to be at and yeah. uh, but I, I mean I still like the Mavs uh, it's kind of hard with how shitty their organization is but yeah it's, <laughs> I, it's like it's, I love oh, Luca. that stuff is so distressing and disappointing I mean like the organizational stuff like the chaos of like Don Nelson leaving that's like a bum that's like obviously like oh that's too bad i would like them to the team that i like to be thriving but like the um the like kind of prevent harassment you know mm-hmm. sexual misconduct yeah. story that broke a couple of years ago is like it's that that stuff is just so hard to um overlook and like feel good about exactly yeah 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 but i just um, love watching luca play he's, a, I know. he's such a good good little boy <laughs> so fun so fun to watch play um yeah and oh, but with with the Suns team, I almost feel like and and this is like too simplistic. This is like sports movie simplistic, but it is like a real turning point in the careers of just just getting to the finals is so huge for the three most key players on the yeah. Suns, right? Where like Chris Paul was the guy who like everyone would point to and be like, Oh, but he's never even been to the conference finals. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, he's like, we're the same age, but I mean, he, he eats a little better than I do. So it makes sense that he would be (laughs) in the NBA finals. Um, He's he's got that plant-based diet. He gets uh, Domino's late at night. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. He's like, he's like, what do you have that's vegan? (laughs) 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 All right. I'll just chug a quart of sauce. (laughs) (laughs) um so like chris paul and and so like that turnaround is so uh huge and then like there was kind of this among i think a lot of nba fans the idea oh like devin booker is scoring like 26 27 a game but like there's no one else who's shooting on this team so like obviously if you you know like good good stats bad team and then even deandre ayton this is i think what 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 reminded me of it but deandre ayton was the guy that was like well ridiculous that he was picked ahead of Luca, right? Mm -hmm. It was like him, Bagley, Trey Young, right? That was the draft. I'm I'm not making that up. And so it's like, it's just like so nice to see people thriving that had been kind of like the people I think thought kind of smugly from afar and and myself, you know, I'm not above this that like, Oh, I get who, who these these people are as players mm-hmm. and, and what their legacy is. And now it's like, it's just such a different perception. Yeah. I think this is a great, this Suns team is a great example of how you have to get the right puzzle pieces in mm-hmm. place because everyone was like, Oh, the nets have all of the superstars. They're winning it all. Bing, bang, boom. 
But obviously having, like we know from this happening time and time again, having superstars, having all-stars, having a bunch of, you know, great shooters on the team, that's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. And this Suns team is a weird example of like, Aiton had the talent, but wasn't confident or aggressive enough. He needed a leader like Chris Paul to come in. And Booker was a great shooter, but he didn't have much support. And so now, and then like Mikhail Bridges Mm -hmm. and, oh, actually campaign is a great example because he was on the bulls. Everyone hated him and treated him horribly. He was, you know, I mean, he wasn't doing a whole lot. He went out of the league, Mm -hmm. came back, um, now is killing it. I mean, he's yeah. so good. I, I, I love mean, and and Cam Johnson arc. when they drafted him, I mean, yes. so many. When Cam Johnson was drafted, people were like he's twenty three. That's the oldest anyone's ever been. <laughs> I can't believe he's coming into the league. Ancient. His yeah. bones are dust. You know, he played in high school against Mel Brooks. <laughs> like that's the way people were acting. Um, he was he he. There's that highlight of him dunking on Bob Cousy when they when they played AAU together, and it's just like it's so so. I think all these players and and the Chris Paul stuff. Additionally, I think he kind of gets a lot of the like narrative blame for Lob City disbanding, right? Like the, the mm-hmm. PR was very bad. Of like, oh, you know, De- uh, DeAndre Jordan and um. And Blake Griffin didn't like having this like older guy who was always telling them what to do. And then when you read about this year's sons are like, everybody just loves how Chris Paul knows exactly what to do and like (laughs) knows how to put people in positions to succeed. So like the same qualities, it sounds like, you know, like maybe he's, maybe there's like a little less interpersonal friction, but those same qualities of like, this guy is a, it goes very quickly, like when the team is thriving from like it's bossy and mean to like what a born leader who knows how to <laughs> how to lead a leader right. of men, you know, exactly. And so exactly. I think it's like a really like exciting thing to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, we have to ask you this question that we ask all of our guests and um, keep in mind that this situation would be fully consensual. But OK, who out of the current league, given the opportunity, would you kiss? And you can say more than one person. Who would I kiss? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. That, I mean, so with a, I, let's game this out. With okay. a lot of NBA <laughs> players, I think the age difference is a little problematic. Yes. Um, we feel that way. This too. comes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the first to think so. So... I guess, hmm, maybe, so it's got to be somebody who's close to my age. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Carmelo Anthony. Oh, yeah, it could be Mellow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think because I think it's, well, it's like I'm a married person, so this is this is fraught to begin with. But look, <laughs> look, I, I think um, maybe we got to go Chris Paul. Ooh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the height difference isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, right. How I'm tall not is used he? to, I, and this is, you know, this is, um, I guess, just like toxic masculinity. But like, I'm not used to someone like leaning way down to kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's only six feet. Okay. Yeah, I think. Okay, okay I think it's got to be Chris Paul. If I, if, if he, again, like you said, if he was into it, um, that, yeah, I think that's course. where I got to go. So, because we're about the same age. We're pretty close to the same height. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's a born he's, leader. He's leaning into leader. you. You don't have to initiate it. So you yeah. don't have to feel weird. He's leading the transaction. Yeah. Or not yeah. transaction. That sounds weird. <laughs> no, but he's, yeah. He's putting he's putting people in positions to succeed. Yeah. He's the point god. Yeah, exactly. Born leader in every area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's guiding you over to the couch, sitting you down, putting mm-hmm. his arm around you, bringing sure. you in. You know. But Aww. yeah, I think, Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I think that that makes the most sense. He's also a handsome guy. Yeah. We've talked about this He's before. He's a handsome guy. He can be fiery. He can, you know, I think we didn't really like him much before because he seemed mean. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and but I feel like in this new role of his, maybe he's matured. I don't know. Uh, I also think it would be weird to uh, to kiss a player that I 
cheer for regularly because I'd be like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> There's like a parasocial relationship there that might. You don't want well, to look out in the crowd I mean, and after. see you. Yeah. Oh, oh right. after. Right after. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, now we have this history. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have I'm some separation. I'm assuming it doesn't. Like, I'm assuming that even within the boundaries of this, it's not like we get married afterwards. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to stop you if that's, if you both want that. If it's a good kiss, I mean, (laughs) yeah, who's to deny? It could, you know, it could lead to more, but, but that being said, it could also just be like a fun, a a fun kiss amongst friends, you know, Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Two strangers in a bar. Yeah. Kids, and then, and then never years. see each other. Yeah, years, exactly. Right? You, the ball's dropping. You think back on it fondly, but it's not like, you know. And your wife was like, yeah, go ahead and kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where my wife would be like, yeah, I guess, I guess kiss Chris Paul. <laughs> she can also kiss a player in this situation. <laughs> I wonder okay, if now she Josh would kiss. may not be into that. <laughs> hey, look, this, I think fair is fair. <laughs> yeah. It's an exchange. It's an equal exchange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great, great answer. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, let's get into the news. So much happens in a week and we can't possibly cover it all. So we wrap it up in a little segment called Previously on Basketball. Last time on Blossom. Basketball. Nice. <laughs> all right, whoosh me in, Gabe. The Suns are up 2 0 over the Bucks in the NBA Finals. We'll reveal who wins. When we return from our break in six weeks, (laughs) (laughs) the Atlanta Dream suspend Kennedy Carter indefinitely for conduct detrimental to the team. Sue Bird becomes the first WNBA player to get 3,000 career assists. Malika Andrews replaces Rachel Nichols as sideline reporter for the finals. David Stoudemire, Kenny Atkinson, and Scott Brooks accept assistant coaching jobs with the Celtics, Warriors, and Blazers, respectively. The Connecticut Sun and Seattle Storm will face off for the inaugural WNBA Commissioner's Cup on August 12th. The winning team takes home $500,000. Wow. Middle school basketball phenom... Zaila Avant-Garde wins the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Hell yeah. I love this story. Can we watch the little uh, video of her winning the Spelling Bee? Maria. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. That is correct. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so precious. The she twirl. does a little spin. That's so cute. <sighs> um, Amazing. So the... I first saw just that, and then people were like, oh, she actually has, um, she holds a couple Guinness, you know, world records for dribbling. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's amazing. And then, or actually, do we have a video of her dribbling, Gabe? She's on a unicycle, dribbling three basketballs. It's incredible. Around the back, even. She's got two little balls and two basketballs. She's juggling and dribbling simultaneously. Oh my god. How does she do it? She's standing on two basketballs and dribbling in a circle. (laughs) I have not seen those. That's crazy. Yeah. I, um... This maybe this is me, and I and if this is my own, uh, like, like prejudice, I guess against spelling bee winners. Um, <laughs> but I'd never seen. I, I I don't know of any other spelling bee winner who's also like an athletically gifted world record holder. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, I don't. I've never. I don't remember in any other year someone being like, "Oh, this this eight year old who's four foot two uh, <laughs> also has like a thirty nine inch vertical <laughs> or whatever." I, mean, I honestly, you know, whatever. Listeners, prove us wrong if we're wrong. You know, but I can't even remember anyone saying anything additional about a spelling bee winner. It's just like they won the spelling bee, and that's it. And there's 
not more information. You know what I mean? Yes. So just- right. Where it's like, be- because that's what it think. Like when you're a kid and you're really good at something, I feel like so much of the time, that's like the thing you are yes. encouraged mm-hmm. to spend all your time doing. And the thing that you do, even with the spelling bee, you, you, you talk, hear from the kids and they, they're just practicing all the time. Right. And then, uh, Gabe brought up the, this quote that she had after the, I think after she said, yeah. spelling is really a side thing. I do. It's like a little hors d'oeuvre, but basketball is like the main dish, which is like <laughs> so incredible. And so uh, impressive, but she's like, Oh, my little, my, the hobby that I use to relax from my hobby that I'm great at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also like, better than everyone else at that. I mean, what, what I don't, I am like speechless. She's, incredible i know i i'm i want to be her she said that she wants to be in the wnba and i really really cannot wait to see her <gasps> that would be amazing draft so night. cool yeah let's see her on cnn you own you know guinness world records for your dribbling are you good at just everything oh <laughs> uh, well just about everything i do i'm good at <laughs> that's what i think that's what i think i love it right <laughs> There's also the, the B-roll while they're talking, like, of her playing basketball. Yeah. She puts on, like, a filthy Eurostep on yes. someone. That's not, like, a kid's maneuver. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, she's, like, a high-level world record-holding player. But I watched that and was like, what a move. Yeah. <laughs> These other sure. kids are like, I'm a child. What are you doing mm-hmm. to me right now? Yeah. She's got yeah. a she's got a bright future, obviously. Um, let's... Let's look at this video of Giannis pumping up his squad. He slaps the chair. He said when he watched. He's like wow. he's playing a drum set that's not there. Yeah. <laughs> he punched the chair. He there's I always held that um that tweet from when he was very young, and I think right before, right after he was drafted when he was like just had a smoothie for the first yes. time yes. right that's our I, favorite god bless america th- that is so i hold that so close <laughs> and, and I, I i feel like that has such a an influence on how i think about his personality <laughs> which is undue right like he's he's like a he's lived a whole life in across I mean, the it's globe amazing. right Ju- it's a I great taste for the first time a smoothie man god bless america blushing smiley emoji <laughs> which i think it's the blushing smiley emoji that is like so endearing yes i, I just uh, i love him so much we just had on uh mirror and fader who, that episode will come out after this one mm-hmm. but she she just no, wrote it just a, it just came oh it just came out yeah. right right but she um she wrote a whole book about him. She interviewed like over 200 people that knew yeah. him in uh, in Greece and like played with him, but also just like people in his life. And like, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's it, his his history is just like so fun. He's such a great player and great guy. Yeah, his journey is like, I feel like that smoothie tweet kind of sums everything up about his journey because it's like, <laughs> it's like he was just this like young you know, um, you know, I don't, what's the opposite of worldly? I mean, he was just in, he didn't have any opportunity. He didn't have access to, to things that, you know, a lot of people who get drafted into the NBA have access to. And then he comes here yeah, and brings that, like, even now I feel like he's bringing his like work ethic and mentality he that, doesn't take it for granted. No, he doesn't take it for granted. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, this is such like a, like you brought up like a parasocial relationship, but he does project, I don't, and I don't know if this is like how he's feeling and it shows or if it's something that he tries to project when he plays, but like he does seem like he enjoys playing basketball yeah Yeah. and and which i i think is always like again that's just me reading something into a person i have never met um (laughs) and have rarely been in the same city as yeah but i do think that that kind of like we i think we're taught to like prize that kind of like um enthusiasm and even the like punching the the chair was Mm -hmm. like because it's Giannis I think we read it as like come on guys we can do this and not like I'm so sick of this not winning this game yeah well I mean we 
we initially had like the wrong impression of him when we first started like watching Bucks games. Bucks games for the show. We were like, oh, this guy is like so intense. He just screams at people. He dunks on them and like yells in their face. <laughs> yeah. And um, and we're like, oh, not we're not into that. We're we like, like we scary. like when they're friends and they're yeah. like nice to each other. <laughs> but then like learning more about him, it's like, oh, he is a really sweet guy. Yeah. And we we've never met him either, by the way. So we're just making a lot of assumptions. And he also like not like when you were saying like kind of came from living living in Greece right and uh and not having like the kind of like intense high level basketball experience mm-hmm. of like that like the pre-professional basketball experience right like you have in like the high level prospects in the United States have yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of them and he, he you know wasn't drafted that highly he was drafted like middle of the first round right, right. and like it, and it's you know i think that's like again i i'm always looking for reasons to um enjoy watching a player and to root for them yeah. Um, yeah. unless they do something that is like morally reprehensible oh, yeah. or, exactly. yeah. or then uh, we throw them in the trash can or leave the Celtics <laughs> to play for the Nets. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh-oh. Um, when I went to game one of the finals, I realized like I had never seen the Bucks play live mm-hmm. because they don't really come out here that often, or mm-hmm. at least I can't remember seeing them play. And I don't I definitely, think it's, it's definitely less often than they play the other Eastern Conference teams. Yeah. And and I would just was like watching Giannis even in shoot arounds before the game. And I was just like, he's the way he moves is incredible. I mean, he's just so graceful. He's like just fun to watch, even just during shoot arounds. Yeah. We I saw him play against the Nets a few years ago. And it was it was like not a great game, but and he he was it wasn't like an all time classic Giannis game. But you would just go, oh, he just keeps scoring because I think when you when you watch on TV and you see like right in your face, it's like oh, he's twelve for uh twenty one and he has this many points and it's just like put right in your face yeah. and you don't have to like look up at the jumbotron. You're like oh, this is part of the experience. But when you're at the game, I feel like you kind of lose sight of some of that like counting stat stuff just because of the experience of it and you're yeah. like it you're seems distracted. like he's scoring a lot and you're like oh yeah he just has 34 points kind right. of <laughs> quietly throughout this game and you're just like oh he's so good yeah, yeah. he's amazing um all right let's let's take a look at a special sons fan it's guy fieri <laughs> just after air-balling. game two uh shooting on the court Getting missing missing every shot <laughs> Guy Fieri doesn't take games off. No. (laughs) No. I mean, to be fair, I probably wouldn't make a single shot in the same situation. But, you know, I... I think Guy Fieri's generally a good guy, right? He's known for being... I think it's true. Yeah, he's known for, like, taking care of firefighters and, like, being nice to people. Yeah. He... My friend, my friend um, Rex King wrote about him in her upcoming book, uh, but she's talked about him a lot. And I think supposedly when Guy Fieri goes to your restaurant on diners, drive-ins and dives, it causes an enormous spike, not even spike, enormous bump in that restaurant's business that just lasts forever. Yeah. That's amazing. Which is incredible. You know, he's. He's like yeah. the restaurant. He's like Santa Claus. Yeah. He shows up. He sticks his hand in your nacho cheese. And mm-hmm. then from then on, you know, you're riding high. When I was in Phoenix uh, visiting my family, my sister took me to a restaurant called Curry Corner in Tempe, Arizona that he went to. And there's a little plaque um, of a photo with all of the employees with Guy Fieri. And my, I just feel like, that's you know that's as good as getting a Michelin star. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I honestly, I think yes. Yeah, um, I will say I went to because a few years ago there was that he had that restaurant in Times Square that Pete Wells reviewed in the Times and just yeah. like ripped it in half and yeah. it was like a very like um you know he really went in in a way where you were like you're having a lot of fun with this <laughs> um and it was not a good restaurant yeah. i went mm-hmm. once with friends and it, it you know it was that's like good. the trash can nachos um is that ma- what it's I called don't rem- american grill right 
It right, was I'm just thinking guys' one of American items. kitchen, maybe? Kitchen. Oh, yeah. I think that is it. Like, they bring you out a trash can full of nachos. I would dump it They on sell your those. <laughs> they sell those still. You can get them as like a... Um, like a gift basket almost. And oh, you, you can send them to people. Because maybe it was a short time thing, but a couple of my friends got them around Christmas last that's year. Funny. And I was like <laughs> very jealous. Um, I wish that restaurant had been better because everything that I know about him generally, I like. I think it's like, oh, he seems pretty cool and great. Uh, but that restaurant was maybe not as bad as the review was. Like I think that there was like a, a venomous quality to the writing where they, it, it was almost like if Guy Fieri... It, it was like if it was written so aggressively, it was like it was Bill Cosby's restaurant. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, but not a great restaurant. Um, he, I mean, the Burbank Airport here is like it's like fully guy furied out. Yeah. Like you walk through the whole thing, it's like you can't escape his face. Yeah, it's all his burger. Right, it's like he's even on the side of like the water thing. Like he's everywhere. There's a burger restaurant. There's like a little bar. Like yeah, he, yeah. that's funny. He's influential. Yeah, I, I'll tell and I'll tell you what. I bet he's not standing up in everybody's way during a game. I bet he's respectful. <laughs> yeah, I bet he he's waiting till res- after the game to shoot his to get his shots balls. up. Yeah, he <laughs> respects the working person's experience of spending money on a ticket and wanting to to get to see the players and not just the back of his spiky hair. Yeah. Right, exactly. I would be so mad if I paid a ton of money so and I just funny. saw his spikes. <laughs> Truly, the funniest silhouette of a person to be like in front of you blocking. Out the game would be Guy Fieri's hair. <laughs> At least Vin Diesel has no hair, so yeah. it's like yeah. you and know he's not that tall, right? Vin Diesel. No, he's not that big. Yeah, yeah. I uh, but couldn't if guess. he's directly in front of you. <laughs> As my dad would say, Mister Diesel, you make a better door than a window. <laughs> I wish. I wish oh, someone said that. said that. Yeah, yeah. that would have been. Perfect. Such a, he six, is not. No, no he's not. He's not no, six he's, feet tall. That is not possible that he's six feet tall like gabe Google just googled says. it and that's what caused the no, outrage i'm sorry yeah. i no i would guess five eight i would i would say five ten i'm gonna give him benefit of the doubt and say five ten i'm six feet is out of the question <laughs> yeah absolutely not absolutely not all right let's move on to our next segment so each week we highlight the best slash funniest cutest comments made by the members of our cutie nation discord it's our cutie comment of the week now to leave a great comment this week's comment is from malcolm uh it's a it's a screenshot from i think you should leave and it says Trey Young and James Harden next season and the screenshot says you can't change the rules just because you don't like how I'm doing it. <laughs> which is great it's from the ghost tour sketch from the I, first episode oh of the new God. season that sketch is amazing I so funny literally guffawed watching it which I am do not you, <laughs> do you follow the um I think you should league pass. Yes. It's which so is, good. I yeah. can't believe how much content they got out of the first season of that show. Like yeah. they were consistently posting like And honestly, it felt like so it, it was fits. always so yeah, well. it always yes. fits. I find okay, so a complaint that I have sometimes about like Twitter meme culture is like sometimes people will be like remember this joke from this show and it's like yeah that's not like clever (laughs) you're just finding another joke about the same thing like some people do it really like artfully and you're like oh what a funny connection to make yeah but like i think people kind of go to the well of like maybe the simpsons a little right yeah and that's the specific one where i'm like yeah the simpsons has been on for 35 years and they've done jokes about every topic so like good remembering a joke right Uh, (laughs) but with i think you should leave I truly feel like people are applying these like weird Tim Robinson quotes and jokes to scenarios that are like so far afield from them. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yep, I love it. I love it every time. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for it. it. Yeah. Every time I click that heart button, I can't stop myself. Yeah. There's um, the one that kept getting me from the at, at NBA leave. I think you should leave past was um, it, it was 
him yelling at uh, Connor O'Malley's like record producer character. And it was like, stop tricking. And then it was filled in with Knicks fans into thinking they're going to get stars instead of be stars. <laughs> uh, and it's so, it was just like, it really made That's me laugh. So God, I love that show so much. It's Ugh, so good. Amazing. It's I also want to add, um, Tim Robinson has been, he was, he was in, thrasher magazine and has been showing off his skateboarding skills recently oh hell yeah and uh the guy can shred <laughs> yeah he's a really good skater i watched him break a skateboard on instagram i think i think he broke whitmer <laughs> thomas whitmer thomas's yeah yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah it's so man i just he's again we're talking this is like i feel like the theme of the episode but like parasocial relationships <laughs> he is a person who i am just like I love his work so much Me and, too. I, and I'm just like really everything I have ever read about him or heard from him seems like he's like a very sweet and and decent man. And yeah. I just want that to be true so much. Ugh, yeah. I miss Detroiters. I read, Detroiters the best. Ugh, I read so that good. like he had been when he would go on or he would put it on Instagram. His, he would have his kids like tell jokes. Oh yeah. And, and his, I think his son would do it, but then his daughter started asking him for money for it. And he was like, you know what? You're providing the content. I do owe you money if I'm using your jokes. That is so funny. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, we oh, – he would be amazing to have on this show. We, yeah. we did have Dream guest. Lily Sullivan, who was on the first season. Oh, of course. I mean, that's the funniest thing. The funniest basketball thing that's ever happened is uh, is John and Dave Tash with yeah. Sudeikis on SNL. Uh, I love that. Oh, so good. Someday. Someday we'll have him. Yeah. Um, and – Josh, you can come back. You can be on, this, on the back. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when when new president of basketball operations, Brad Stevens, overhauls the Celtics <laughs> roster and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I also, oh, I have a giant Marcus Smart jersey on the wall in our writer's room. I actually don't know where it is now because the writer's room just got overhauled. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But that, that, uh, the kid Mero routinely knocks off the wall or pretends to set on fire. <laughs> but when when they're when they next year when when they're thriving again, uh, we'll come back on. I'll come back on and I'll feel terrific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have to have you at, at a high point for the Celtics. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. you can celebrate. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Okay, cool. So if you want to be eligible for Cutie Comment of the Week, you can join our Cutie Nation Discord. Uh, you have to sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash dunktown. Um, our live opening night watch along to Space Jam 2 is this Friday. So you better hurry up and sign up if you want to join us. It's going to be really fun. Let's get into our mail basket. Today we have an email from Alexis. The subject is short shorts on the Olympic courts. Um, and Alexis says, I was always going to read this story featuring my two favorite basketball guys. But when I read this bit, I realized it was also prime dunk town material. So here's the excerpt. This week at Team USA's training camp ahead of the Tokyo Olympics, Popovich is getting to see Beal up close and personal to a degree he hasn't before. One thing has surprised him in particular. He's stronger than I expected. He's a strong young man. I always used to think of him as wiry and thin, but I was totally wrong. He's thick, Popovich said. <laughs> it's this feels this feels very Sam Richardson on I think you should leave. It does. It's unclear whether Popovich would spell thick with two C's or one, but the point stands. Beal is bigger than he may appear from afar, and that has helped him become one of the best scorers in the NBA. Um, happy summer to us all. Well, wow. I love I love the story. I love that yes. Popovich is now in love. He with was Bradley so Beal. enamored by what he saw up close that he had to make a comment about it <laughs> and call him thick. Look, he's a handsome man, and you don't got to tell me. And, I love Bradley Beal, <laughs> and he what you know obviously when he was younger he was kind of wiry, and now he definitely is muscly. I mean, there's no bones about it. He looks great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Popovich is like, po how old is Poppy? He's like 70 something. He's got to be about 70, right? Yeah. 69 but, I mean, maybe. 72 would be my <laughs> guess. 
but just him admiring. Oh, you got it. 72, wow, right on the, on the dot. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just ad- admiring the <laughs> bodies of the young men playing for him. And he, but he also, like, Popovich, I think, is like, as far as NBA coaches go, like, fair. And, and I mean, he's pretty outspoken too about like political issues. Yeah. And like, he seems like for, I just feel like any 72 year old white guy, you're like, Oh man, this is a real, it's real dicey when we ask him for his opinion yeah. on the world. And he's like, <laughs> it's just like, he seems like he's, he's a thoughtful guy. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I love him. And it seems like players love him, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Popovich, we have, Another story with Kevin Durant, right? Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. he. This just came out today. Yeah. So Kevin Durant said that he, the reason why he's playing on the team was because, or playing for Popovich was a big factor. Um, also, he'd never been to Japan before. Yeah. So he, he, he had never been to Japan and he played with a Japanese exchange student during his senior year of high school in Rockville, Maryland. And he wants to see his friend in Tokyo. He's hoping to reconnect <laughs> with his friend. That's so cute. That's wow. really nice. Well, that's we were really talking sweet. about this. We we love friendship. Yeah, on this podcast. that's yeah, that's really that's the undercurrent of this whole show. We love when people are friends and nice to each other. Um, imagine, um, imagine being that guy, right? <laughs> like being like, oh, you're probably a pretty good basketball player if they were playing together at. at CSC high school seniors right. and you're and you're like oh hey my friend my friend from high school is in town and he wants to like get a beer or something like, ooh, like <laughs> yeah. oh uh future nba first ballot hall of famer <laughs> kevin durant i the idea of kevin durant going into like a tiny little pub in tokyo is oh very funny to me because i felt like a giant when i was there like you can't you have to like duck to get in the doors and stuff so imagining like a seven foot tall basketball player, like where would he even sit? Well, how how would he how would he comfortably fit in <laughs> yeah. any place? Right, or like sit at the bar, like get a beer. I mean, I and just he must. I mean, he's so globally famous too that you're yeah. like, I imagine to like do anything as Kevin Durant as like a project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. the, you can't you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna. I'll just like get a cab and show up at this. I mean, maybe he can, I don't know, but it definitely seems like um, that it's tough. I have heard that Steve Nash has, excuse me. Yeah. Steve Nash has been um, hanging out like for, like going to some of the coffee places in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, around where he lives and works. And it's like, I think it's, it's still, even that surprised me, but for Kevin Durant to just be like, oh, yes, uh, one beer, please, for me. <laughs> Globally famous basketball yeah. megastar Kevin yeah. Durant. And then, yeah, I mean, th- even if even if people didn't recognize him, he would still stand out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, what a treat to go get a beer with your friends <sighs> and run into Kevin Durant. I'm just jealous about this. Yeah, his old high school friend. I love that he's got friends all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't agree with the Olympics. I don't think it should be happening ever again. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, can't deny the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. That's what we're here to talk about. That's right. The power of friendship. It is funny that he's like, yeah, I don't really care about winning a gold medal. I just want to hang out with my friend. <laughs> I want to I want to play for Greg Popovich. Yeah. I want I want to I want to hang out with this. I want to work with this old man. <laughs> and I want to hang out with a guy that I I played basketball with. 12 years ago yeah right it's cute all right awesome well if you want to send us something you can always email us at hi at dunk.town this was a perfect example of what we love to receive in our inbox yes i love to wake up in the morning and see an email about bradley beal's ass (laughs) (laughs) um and and you can always leave us a message on our cutie hotline 903-420-DUNK um 
Josh, thank you so much for being here. What a delight. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I had a terrific time. I'm glad to hear that. Is there anything you'd like to plug besides Jesus Amaro, which uh, is amazing? I yeah, love it. Thank you. Love oh, it. that's very kind. I appreciate it. We've got some really fun stuff coming up that we've been shooting, and like we're back in the studio. I'm I'm like really happy with and proud of the show, yay, and like yay. happy to be a little part of it. And um, uh, I have a podcast called Make My Day. It's a comedy game show where there's a, one guest every week, so they're guaranteed to win. Um, <laughs> and I've got a a book called nice try and a bunch of stand up you can listen to. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around if, and if that's, if, if you've done all that stuff, it's like, well, you're probably sick of me. So that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a, you've got a list to get through. Everyone should yeah. follow you on Twitter. Yes. Um, oh, thank you. Yes. That's very kind. Um, and uh, we were just on a Twitch stream. What, we'll have the link in our show notes. Uh, Paul Shear and Rob Hubels had us on to talk about NBA cuties. Oh, so fun. It was very fun. Um, yeah, everyone should go uh, check that out and while it's still up because those don't last on Twitch uh, for that long. But then also just watch Paul's shows. He's oh, yeah. Doing, he's killing it yeah, on Twitch right now. He is. Um, it was very fun. And uh, thank you to all the cuties for coming with us on this journey. As always, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Echo underscore Mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design, and thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Music